0: That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: Hearst Ranch is a proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. Learn more about Hearst Ranch at hearstranch.com.
0: This week on a special bonus episode of Meat in 3, we find out why the bacon, egg, and cheese, that classic bodega sandwich, is popping up on menus of New York's trendiest restaurants.
2: We did a few iterations of it, and I was trying to fancify it. We tried the sausage, egg, and cheese, and then we tried to put sharmoula sauce on it. We
0: used feta cheese, and we're just like taking ingredients of the Mediterranean, if you will, and try to infuse it. But uh, for me, it was like a car wreck. Tune in to hear about the wild journey of the bacon, egg, and cheese from deli to fine dining on Meat in 3, HRN's weekly food news roundup, available wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm
3: Luke Griffin, and you're listening to Bushwick Podcast, local stories for a strong community. Each episode, we take you behind the scenes of the artists, activists, and entrepreneurs whose journeys collide in Bushwick a special Brooklyn neighborhood that's changing faster by the day. Here in Bushwick and across the city, it's that time of year again. Bodegas have stocked up on pumpkins, clubs are full of costumes even more spectacular than usual, and a certain spookiness fills the air. Halloween is nearly upon us. For last year's holiday, we met with Eugene J, the mad scientist behind Bushwick's year-round celebration of all things sweet, surprising, and Halloween-y, the Eugene J Candy Company. This year, we wanted to know, what's he got in store for the neighborhood now?
2: Well, it's it's so it's such a great time, the Halloween season. It's a fun time for me to be uh, giving back. You know, it's like uh, everyone's it's it's Christmas. You know, it's it's it's, it's uh, a very generous time. This week, we reconnected with Eugene at the height of the Halloween
3: season to learn more about how he satisfies Bushwick's sweet tooth during the biggest candy celebration of the year. It's Thursday. October 24th, and this episode is called Niche, Nostalgia, and Novelty. For folks who are unfamiliar with Eugene J. Mm Candycomb, could you please introduce yourself and your role with respect to the shop?
2: Okay. Um, I'm the owner candy maker at the store, and I've been calling it a spooky sweet shop. I don't know if that's working or not, (laughs) but it's kind of a, I kind of think of it as like a backwards or reverse candy store where most candy stores are bright and brightly colored and, um... I don't know, it's like bubblegummy. My store is mostly black, you know? And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's not scary by any means, but it's uh, kind of like the opposite of what you would think of a typical candy store. But it's a little sweet shop I, I just kind of uh, dreamed up and uh, a place where I also make some of the candies inside. So um, it's got all your specialty candies, but also some, uh, a handful of things that I'm kind of churning up in the back. Let's unpack that a little bit. Because when
3: I think people hear candy store, they might be thinking of maybe the checkout section of... A bodega, or or one of like the big box candy shops, or like the M and M store, or something. What mm-hmm. what does it mean? To- well,
2: it's the reverse of the checkout aisle at a grocery shop because all that stuff I don't have. <laughs> I have the more like niche, <laughs> nostalgia and novelty stuff that you typically couldn't find. Um, but it, the store is unique too. You know, like uh, it's, its location is in Bushwick, so. Um, the audience tends to be a little bit older. I'm not serving so many kids, so it's, it's been really funny because I can't move a license like Trolls or Frozen, but man, Harry Potter and Rick and Morty just flies off the shelf, you know? So that's my demographic. So it does tend to, typical handy store, I guess, would be catering to the, um, I don't know, teens, tweens, but mine is the 20-year-old kid, the 30-year-old kid, truly really backwards. <laughs>
3: You started to speak to this a moment ago, but in a lot of ways, it's the reverse of a typical candy store, particularly Mm -hmm. in the aesthetic. Yeah. Could you describe
2: that aesthetic a
3: bit in terms of... Oh, sure. Like, the overall character of the store and what you're going for?
2: It definitely... It's a... I don't know. If you take Willy Wonka and toss him into a Tim Burton (laughs) realm, that's pretty much what you got. You got kind of this... um, wonky fantasy, but with this uh, spooky, cute, dark humor of a Tim Burton world.
3: When we spoke with Eugene last year, he was busy crafting the next stages of an ambitious project to position his shop and his candies as part of a kind of extended narrative universe. His signature products, Fickle Gruber Freaks, are like a twisted version of Willy Wonka's Crunchy Nerds candies, as made by the hands of Wonka's rival, Fickle Gruber. This year, Eugene has put the Fickle Gruber story on pause while he focuses on expanding his overall product line.
2: This year has been so much about cereals that it has consumed my life. You know, I've never, it's been great, but I've never made so much candy in my life before that the freaks and the Fickle Gruber line is kind of on the back burner. Uh, I was thinking this year, if I had time, I can do uh, what I really want to do. It's kind of like a the answers to the Wonka bar at the Ficka Gruber, Gruber, bar, but. Uh, which would have been waffle cone pieces and milk chocolates. As the narrative goes in Charlie and Chocolate Factory, Thicker Gruber is accused of plagiarizing non-melting ice cream. So I thought, you know, just make the Fickle Gruber bar, um, toss it back to the novel and tie it back into the waffle cone or the ice cream. So, um, But I don't know. It's just like I have these ideas that I keep on coming up with, but um, I'm finding it hard to... Um, find some time to uh, execute everything, you know. Um, this year, I, I wanted to get into chocolates a little bit. so as a side project to all the freaks and thickguruber line, I was doing these milk chocolate Cheerios and dark chocolate cornflakes and they've been so successful I sell through every two weeks, you know so and, and they take about three and a half days to make one, one batch and so it's literally just consumed me. Where did that idea come from? It, this sounds like a bit of a departure from... Oh, sure. You know, like, the freaks are great, but it's it's giant nerds. You know, it's a, it's a hard candy. And um, I love them, too, but I don't eat that, like, on a constant basis. And I really wanted to get something into chocolate this year. And I had been thinking about cereals for a while, and I really like that combination of chocolate and cereals. And so... Uh, I guess it was also kind of an extension of what I was doing prior. I was making these dark chocolate espresso beans, and I put a candy shell on it. And now I just chose a different center. I was taking these cereals and put a chocolate chocolate coat and a candy shell on it. Um, and that was in the beginning, this is like December of last year, January of this year. I was playing around a lot with the recipe, like wholesale changes and like um, changing up how much chocolate was being put on it. And... Um, I did some with the candy shell and without the candy shell. Um, and then, you know, you try them both back to back, and the one without the candy shell just felt like there was something missing, you know? You just needed that textural added crunch of the candy shell. Um, and, you know, even now, it's just kind of like all in development. I don't think I've repeated a recipe to, uh, twice. It's every time. It's mostly to keep myself interested, too, because once you nail down the recipe, it's just labor, right? But if you keep on playing with the recipe... Um, I'm tweaking the candy shell a lot right now, um, getting some textures on it. Then it's just all an exploration. It's just all constantly fun. I can say from experience that it is so good. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Appreciate that. As much as he's a confectioner, Eugene is an artist, and the store and his candies are his unconventional media. Taken together, they represent a singular vision, and for the first time in years, Eugene is thinking of giving that vision an update I know when we spoke before design was one of the driving forces behind the shop and the candy and the overall artistic expression that is the candy shop Mm -hmm. as you think about potentially going back to basics with that what are you thinking in terms of how you reinvent that language
2: Oh, it's, um, you know, I, this year, everyone kind of picks a story as kind of being the um, the Willy Wonka of Bushwick. And this year, I realized uh, it's all wrong. I'm the Oompa Loompa of Bushwick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the worker, you know? And it's, um, uh, I don't even have the time to really think. And I mention it because I feel like um, at a certain point, I'm the jack of all trades, master of none, you know? And I'm spreading myself out too thin, so I'm actually thinking about getting some help with the design work now for the packaging stuff, so that maybe the Ficker Grouper logo, I gotta, I don't even have a chance to really think about it, you know, like I can come up with like an emotional feel I have for what I want the uh, font or typeface to say, but um, I find it really hard to find time to step away from all the day-to-day of the business and candy making to actually. Um, relearn photoshop every time you know (laughs) and get that done so the design element is constantly there it's like um but now i I feel like i'm at a point where i i need to get some help with all all that
3: up to this point it seems like the candy the store everything has been such a reflection of your singular vision (laughs) as you think about opening that up and working with new people how does that feel is that scary at all is that
2: it's it's scary because it's new territory, but it's exciting, you know. Um, uh, you know, I, I'm 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 excited to be blown away by other people's contribution to it too, you know. And I can't run this ship alone uh, forever, so it's um, yeah, it's an exciting time.
3: For any listeners that might be interested in getting involved, are you looking for any help in particular?
2: Sure, I'm looking for you know what I want. Um, <laughs> Definitely uh, uh, a a new new logo for Ficker Gruber and maybe like a product name and a logo for the cereal lines. I had thought of a few but I got to uh, figure that out a little bit. But you know, if there's any like industrial design I would love a box that can rival a Wonka nerds packaging, you know, (laughs) made out of cardboard, but kind of somehow um, glued together in a way to make this contraption to dispense freaks. That's been the dream of mine to imagine up to, but um, uh, I don't know, I have have a couple of different vessel ideas, but right now, the way I have it in these glass bottles and boxes are great, but I think it could be a little bit more playful and something. Um, I don't know. Hey, it's a uh, figure Gruber who's riffing on every Wonka product, right? Let's uh, riff on that also. However, it may look, the Eugene J Candy Company
3: brand is one that celebrates the spirit of Halloween year round. So this month, of course, represents a major focal point. As we approach Halloween,
2: mm-hmm. the most wonderful time of the year. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Walk me through that process of preparing for what is the biggest event of the season, I can only imagine, for the candy store. How early do you start thinking about it, and what goes into that preparation?
2: It is half a year preparation. All the orders go in um, at the start of the summertime or before. Um, and then I'm thinking on um, decorations, um, it's, uh, you know, the store is always Halloween. It's the one time of the year when everyone else is on the same page, you know, so it's, it's pretty wonderful. Uh, and and the season actually, as the, um, I don't know, uh, in terms of all the merchandise being out, all the bulk candy that's Halloween being out, it really starts September, uh, start of September and through October. Um, yeah, that's great. It's uh, um it's business is brisk almost every day feels sort of like a weekend you know so um er- everyone is in that mood everyone needs their candy much of the year the aesthetic of the shop is halloween
3: remixed with right other holidays what then is your mindset as you think about this truest expression of halloween <laughs> and, and, that, and how you want to represent that
2: I don't know, but I can tell you um, more decorations that get added on every Halloween and they just stay up. So (laughs) it's like a constant layering up on um, or doubling down on the season this year during the summertime i brought in this ivy i kind of wanted um you know the seasons for the store are halloween christmas valentine's easter and then the fifth one is summertime where there isn't much happening it's a long season and i kind of had this idea of a little bit of a like overgrowth of ivy coming into the store and so that went up and i gotta say um, it became a permanent fixture at that at that moment um It was a little odd because it was blocking enough of my lighting that I had to switch to a a brighter light in the store. Um, But it just adds this fullness to the shop that that kind of like uh, enhanced everything else. And everything else was kind of uh, built built around that this year. For Halloween, I just uh, I just stayed classic. I had ideas of doing something weird, but I feel like, you know, I'm... uh, (laughs) The people want orange-black, you know, for Halloween. That's too authentic and true. So I stayed with the classic. Uh, I think later on in the store's um, uh, evolution, I can go crazy wild (laughs) into my own, like, realm. I I really wanted to do maybe something like a a crazy toxic green and black in the store. A little less traditional, but... um, you know, you gotta you gotta go with what's familiar. In terms of candy you
3: mentioned, business has been brisk. What do people want during Halloween versus
2: other times of the year? <laughs> they want bloody bones and gummy missing body parts. They want the weird candies that you can only get this time of the year. Um, yeah, it's it's a, it's really fun because uh, it's so imaginative, you know. And I got these. Um, blood bag energy drinks. Um, You know, it's kind of bizarre. It's got directions on microwaving it so you can drink, get it at the right temperature. Who wants cold blood? You know, it's uh, it's very playful like that. Um, Yeah, I think some of the top sellers, yeah, it's it's really a lot of the classics, like these Reese's cups um, uh, shaped like pumpkins. I even have some Peeps. Then I sheep like, black cats and pumpkins. Those are all popular. Um, nerds rope, right? Spooky nerds. Yeah, uh, it's, 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 uh, it's a mix of some of the specialty stuff at the shop and some of the uh, more traditional items. As he prepares to help satisfy Bushwick's
3: sweet tooth, Eugene also has an eye toward the future. After the break, Eugene, on how his relationship to Halloween has changed and what's in store for this year's celebration
1: and beyond.
4: for a raucous feast to toast a decade of food radio. Our 10th anniversary Bacchanal is a rare gathering of your favorite chefs, mixologists, storytellers, thought leaders, and culinary masterminds. We'll salute the inductees of the newly minted HRN Hall of Fame, who embody our mission to further equity, sustainability, and deliciousness. Join us to explore the beautiful Palm House and Yellow Magnolia Cafe at the Brooklyn Botanic Garden, where you'll taste and imbibe to your heart's content. And bid on once-in-a-lifetime experiences and tasty gifts for any budget at our silent auction. Join the party. Tickets are available now at heritageradionetwork.org slash gala.
3: At this point, I imagine that your relationship with the holiday of Halloween has changed. <laughs> oh,
2: sure. <laughs> what does it mean to you now? I love it. <laughs> um, oh, absolutely. But, you know, it's, it, it's changed as I grew older also. And I think it was all organic and natural how this chop came to be and how I came to be. Um, it, I didn't just create a Halloween store, uh, and then start to like it, you know, it's just kind of, um, one in hand. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's great. Um, I don't know. I wish every month was like, Halloween. <laughs> I wish every day was Halloween.
3: <laughs> Do you have any formative
2: Halloween memories that You can look back on and see. You know what? I don't. And I think that's what it is. I did a lot of my um, um, costuming as an adult. I really (laughs) was deprived of a childhood. You know, so I was just a typical Asian kid with a stack of books to uh, uh self-exam myself through you know <laughs> I think when parents thought about sending me out for Halloween it was like uh put on that karate uniform you know and, and go out as like a uh, karate kid or something it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't um yeah it, I had a good childhood but it really wasn't as fun as it's been as an adult when I can just uh create my own costumes first of all but Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just goes with, um, that just creating something. Yeah. Creativity.
3: What does your family think of the shop now seeing this (laughs) manifestation of Halloween?
2: Honestly, I think they're confused. I don't think they have any clue what's going on with it. Um, they're all supportive of it for sure. But, um, yeah, the the it's it's like um, I think we mentioned in the past show that I play in the band too. It's like when I let my mom hear some punk rock and she's like, mm, it's it uh, sounds like music." <laughs> 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 I think that's uh, the same ex- reaction she has with the store. <laughs> she she's complimentary and she's like, uh, "Oh, it's looking great. You no, know, it's looking better and better." Um, but I I know they can't. Uh, They're sweet. They just can't really give me some critical feedback on it. As
3: a local business owner, so much of Eugene Jay's work is for the growing community of fans and regulars he's built around the shop. But as a candy maker, he's also part of what he describes as a shrinking community of fellow confectioners. As a candy maker and a candy store owner, do you have peers in the candy world that you ever work with or you meet up with? What does that community
2: look like? Oh, sure. Definitely. And I've I've met some amazing people in in the candy world, either at, like, trade shows or I've taken some short courses. And, you know, we're, like, uh, best social media friends. You know, maybe never see each other, but always supportive of what each other is doing um, online. Um, Yeah, it's really wonderful. Actually, um, from my experience... It's not as uh, cutthroat as like a Wonka, these are my secrets, <laughs> you know, I won't share. them. It's really nurturing. If someone is struggling with something, it's really, uh, you just ask and they say, try this out. Um, same thing with me. I've had so many people, um, email me or direct message me on a social media platform, going like, "How do you do this?" and just kind of like walk them through the process a little bit. Um, yeah, so it's very, um, it's like everyone helping each other. That's you know, every, it's really great. I've always thought
3: it was really special that Bushwick has a candy shop that makes its own candy. Is there a community that people who are not a part of the candy world? maybe just don't have visibility into here in Brooklyn or just across the city? Like, what does that look like in terms of where they are? How many people are are involved in this world?
2: Oh, I don't know about that. You know, like we're such a, it's kind of scary. It's like um, (laughs) the candy store is kind of a vanishing breed. You know, every year I see, see my peers closing their shops or... Uh, larger chains filing bankruptcy you know so the most recent being Lolly and Pops and Sugarfina both filed bankruptcy so it you know in my head that's the game also that's the fun It's the challenge you know it's trying to like um, get ahead and win that's the environment it's also um, just the retail landscape that's changed honestly that's doing that but I think f- for that reason too, um, the candy community is really tight knit because, um, yeah, we're, we're going against the grain, I guess. Well, as we head into
3: one of the biggest candy seasons of the year and you're thinking about how to change things up for 2020, what are you thinking about in terms of setting the store up to thrive in a landscape that sounds like it's challenging?
2: Yeah, this this coming year is going to be an, an interesting one. I got to, um, I signed a 5-year lease and this will be my 5th year. So, I got to figure out do I want to stay in the same spot or can I find something more suitable, maybe in a higher the traffic area? Is you know, like this store I um first of all, I can I can't believe it's almost 4 years that I have been doing this. That's like a term through like college, right? So, it's just in the blink of an eye, four years have passed. But I've learned a whole lot. You know, it's been like grad school for me. It's just, um, and one of the things I, I think I've, I realized is, I I should have probably located the store in the higher foot traffic area because candy is so much about just impulse buys. Like the number of people who walk past my store. And then, within a few seconds, turn around and come in. Um, That would help the business thrive a little bit more also, I think. So I've been thinking about it. I'm really comfortable in my spot. And I don't think the way I have it now, I can just um, move into another pristine vanilla box and make it as kind of uh, spooky and creepy looking, you know? So it's special, and this is being the first shop, I, I feel like um, I want to hold on to it for a long time, but that's kind of what I've been uh, contemplating a little bit. It's got a, I don't know, do I just blink and then another 10 years of my life go by at this one location, or do I try to, like, scale it up a little bit? Um, it's, it's, um, it's, 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 it's scary, but uh, I don't know. It's kind of uh, fun. That's the rodeo, I guess.
3: Challenging as that rodeo may become... Today, the store's focus is on helping Bushwick celebrate another Halloween with its neighborhood spooky sweet shop.
2: So this will be the fourth year I'm experiencing Halloween. But the first year, it was on a Monday, and uh, I wasn't open. A lot of the shops in my neighborhood were closed on Mondays, so I, I was closed the first year. And the second and third year, I was open and handed out handed plenty of candy. Um, and this year, I'll be doing the same. Um... But you know, I, I I I wouldn't say I I uh, host, um It's a, it's a special time because a lot of the older uh, uh, grown up kids, right? Us, they all come back. And since they're not trick or treating, they buy candy for themselves. And then and then, so one time of the year, I see all these kids come through, <laughs> and I'm like, "Where have you been the rest of the year?" <laughs> you know? And they come come in quickly for some candy and run out. But, you know, my avenue, Wilson Avenue, it has some stores, but it's really scattered. I imagine most of the trick-or-treaters are just going down the street next to it, Knickerbocker Avenue, and that's just door-to-door stores and just making um, a run down it, you know. So it's great. I I think I counted around 500 people visit last, last Halloween, which is... (laughs) <laughs> Which is plenty for a small shop like mine. I mean that seems huge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, it's it's great. Yeah. It's like uh, I, I've always joked that, you know, um I wanna hand out some tricks, you know? <laughs> no, forget about it. It's just one or the other, right? Trick or treat. But yeah, I usually stick to some of the more um miniature versions of some of the things you can find at the store, like uh miniature Charleston shoes or Last year, I was giving out some um, packs of uh, pumpkin patch pop rocks, just orange-flavored pop rocks with packaging. that's cool. Um, and then, like, classic is, like, little Haribo gold berries and stuff.
3: Just as preparations for this year's Halloween began months ago, now, as Bushwick readies for the main event, Eugene must already start
2: looking ahead to what's next. I'm excited, you know, like now going forward, it's just successive with all the holidays. So um, I'm excited because, you know, not only does the merchandise change over, but now the whole store changes over. So there's a new life to the store. Um, Halloween, Christmas, Valentine's, Easter again. So um, it should be a good uh, next eight months. But for the next week, at least,
3: Eugene is ready to enjoy the best time of the year.
2: Well, it's it's so it's such a great time the Halloween season. It's a fun time for me to be uh, giving back. You know, it's like uh, everyone's it's it's Christmas. You know, it's it's it's, it's, it's a, a very generous time. So, I'll be handing out plenty of candy. Um, I'll keep it a secret of what it is this year, <laughs> but it'll probably um, hint hint. It will probably be nostalgia and specialty related, not just uh, your typical run of the mill their candies. If
3: you're interested in visiting the shop or getting involved with the Eugene J. Candy Company, getting in touch
2: is simple. Just email Eugene J. Um, Sorry. (laughs) I forgot my own email. (laughs) Sure, just email the store uh, at hello at eugenej.com, H-E-L-L-O at E-U-G-E-N-E-J.com. Or you can just call call in. Um, All the information is online, 718-381-1050. We've got all that info and more in the
3: show notes for this week's episode. If you want to pick up some of your own Halloween candy from Eugene J's, you can visit the shop for yourself at 16 Wilson Avenue. We won't spoil the surprises he's got for this year's trick-or-treaters, but you may just want to find out for yourself. We'd like to extend our sincere thanks to Eugene for taking the time to open a window into his workshop, especially at the height of the Halloween season. And as always, we'd also like to thank you for listening this week. If you enjoy Bushwick Podcast, you can do us a huge favor by telling a friend or even by leaving us a review on your favorite podcast platform, which helps us reach even more new listeners with stories like these. We'll be back with another story you won't want to miss, but in the meantime, we'd love to know what you're interested in hearing and how we can do better. Get in touch by emailing us at hello at hearbushwick.com or by DMing us on our Instagram page at bushwickpodcast. We can't wait to hear from you, and we'll see you soon.